Welcome, friend. Let me suggest to you why there may be so much friction that you sense as you seek to develop in Christ and really, really develop in his kingdom as an apprentice of Christ. It's because of the authority that's available to you, the rights that you have in Christ. If the adversary cannot stop you from being born again and beginning to see and enter into the kingdom, as Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, then he will seek to stop you from progressing and really getting uh, an advanced level understanding of who you are in Christ, what your rights are in his kingdom, what your story is. There's much at stake, my friend. We need you and you need me and we need all of us together to run our races, to win it. We need to web our stories together. There needs to be a kingdom architecture relationally that God has called you and I to live in. Uh, You know, there are edges that we need to press on, mountains that need to be removed, storms that need to be stopped, and kingdom exploits that need to be executed on. It's the story of Jesus. That's the big narrative. But the story of our lives in Jesus are those subplots, those life narratives that together in a given time period, even a generation, make up and constitute the greater story. We're talking today about executing your legal rights in prayer. Episode 96, that's the number for this episode. You're listening to Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is Brian Del Turco. I really encourage you to go back last week, listen to episode 95 with Trinity Harrison Clark, a minister on a college campus, along with Matt Raines, a uh, kingdom color commentator on the podcast. He's a thinker, he's a pastor, he's an activist. It's a gospel that captures the imagination of young adults. That is our focus last week in episode 95. We even have some input from N.T. Wright via the miracle of uh, fair use copyright law, right? We bring in a, a clip of a recording from him because he's so good on understanding what the gospel of the kingdom is. And that's just it. Young adults need to be presented with a gospel of the kingdom, that they are invited into a co-rulership, a vice regency with Christ. It's not just that you're a wretch and unholy and you need to have your sins forgiven so you can avoid hell, attend church, and go to heaven someday. It's more than that. It's a calling that you have right now. It's a it's a development edge and growth curve that Jesus is calling you to, to live your full story, to really live it. That's a gospel that will attract them and keep them as a young adult, episode 95. And then next week, the episode after this one, episode 97, we actually have a wrap. We have a part two of that conversation. It's just as good as the first part, and both of those taken together give you the full the full deal. I encourage you to go to the show notes page and to look for archive links and resources and further notes about this particular episode today. And I'd also like to mention to you a new feature that that Podbean, our podcast hosting provider, has has now made available. Podbean is in the top five podcast apps on the planet. 
And there are something like, I think, a million downloads of just the Podbean app itself, even though this podcast is syndicated out to all kinds of other podcast listening options, too. There's something now called live podcasting. I just did a short one earlier today. These are breezy 12 minutes or under. Did it today at 1230 um, Eastern Time in the United States on Wednesday, October 23rd, but it's gone now. It's just a live podcast. Tremendous opportunity. It has chat functionality to it. Uh, There's even, we haven't used this part of it yet, call-in capability. We can do guest hosting. We've already done one with a guest host. We'll be doing more. It's just, it's live podcasting. It's pretty amazing. If you download the app and then just go click the live button on the app, you will see the live podcasts that are in queue that are coming up on a given day. And I think I'm, I'm still learning about it, but if you subscribe to Jesus Smart, the podcast, you'll, I, I believe you'll be notified somehow. You'll be pinged when there's a live podcast coming up. Pretty excited about that. One time Jesus told those who were following them a story, a parable about prayer. It's, it's in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. It says he used the parable to show them that at all times we ought to pray and not to lose heart. And in this parable, amazingly, there's a legal nature to prayer. And, and this is, I'm, I'm pretty intense about this. I'm really motivated to hopefully bring this across. It's an edge in prayer that I want to press into deeply. I want to become proficient in it. Prayer is legal, my friend. And I, and I think that this can really move the needle in earthborn situations. I'm I'm beginning to realize that there's an aspect of prayer where we come into the courts of heaven and it is legal and we can come before the throne of the one who is over all things, who has created all things, and we can make bold prayer claims. We can submit prayer claims and I'm going to suggest to you that you actually write these prayer claim claims out either in your journal or maybe get a box of index cards, four by six are the cards that I got that I'm going to start using, and really seeing these things as a legal document, a legal prayer claim, scripturally based, that we are asserting before the throne of all. In this story, in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 8, Jesus tells them about this widow, and this widow kept coming before this unrighteous judge and saying, "'Give me legal protection from my opponent.'" We don't know what she was experiencing, but there was some injustice issue going on. In, in effect, she was saying, give me justice. Now, this judge was a grade A jerk. It says he was wicked. He rebuffed her. This judge even said to himself, look, I don't respect God or man. And I'm not, you know, her, his attitude towards this legal claim being made before him was that I'm just not going to bother with it. But she kept coming. She kept appearing before the judge. And if we will pray consistently and never give up and assert our standing and our rights in Christ, we will experience this this kingdom dynamic that Jesus is teaching about. The judge eventually rendered a decision in her favor and gave her justice, if for no other reason that she was frankly wearing him out. And if I'm not mistaken, I think in the original language in the Greek, it has this idea that she was like, assaulting him, like pounding him in the eye. (laughs) I mean, metaphorically, so to speak, figure of speech. And Jesus then says, now, shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith 
on the earth. And you can read about this in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. You see, Jesus was using a teaching narrative, a parable. It was, it's a story teaching method about a legal matter to show us that we ought to pray at all times and not to lose heart. Now, there's an amazing statement in the Psalms. Psalm 89, verse 14 says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, O God. The foundation of God's throne rests upon the supreme values that he carries in his heart of righteousness and justice. Righteousness is sorting things out and setting them to right. It's making things right. And I think we understand what justice issues are. And I just would like to suggest that prayer, my friend, is about justice. It's about the design and the will of the Father. It's the activity of the ultimate judge setting things right through the agency that we carry as his sons and daughters, as the children of God, as vice regents who are called to execute justice or dominion, to exercise dominion under the sovereignty of God. But we have to exercise faith at times. And at times we have to make our case in prayer like this. You see, we can present our prayer claims before the ultimate judge. And I began to, you know, get into a dictionary, take some notes in my personal journal, and I began to look up like legal terms. And a prayer claim in, in this understanding, a claim is like a legal instrument, all right? When you make a claim in a court, it expresses a legally enforceable process or act. You're actually standing up for, for your rights or the rights of others, and you're securing a legal right. The right is provided for in the law. The right is provided for by the court. But if you don't know your rights, I mean, just think about a natural court. If you don't know your legal rights, you can be taken, right? And if you don't have a good attorney, and if you don't exercise good legal protocol in a court, if you don't understand case law, what the precedents are, what has already happened in our legal system, you see, so effectual prayer submits a claim before the ultimate judge. It's a legal instrument in heaven's court. And I began to think about this, you know, you want to have an attorney who has a good legal education, right? You don't want to have an attorney, or if you're representing yourself in a court of law, you, you better be an attorney, but you you don't want to have an attorney who, you know, got his, le- his legal credentials through through a mail order college or something of that nature. I mean, you, you want to know that he has a, a bona fide legal education, that he, that he has the credentials, the bar association, it's called in the United States. He's, they're, they're recognized and they're credentialed as an attorney. And there are different levels of attorneys. Some attorneys are horrible and others are just killer attorneys, and you want to have a killer attorney. Well, I do want to say this, that the Bible does talk that, about Jesus as our legal advocate. I think it's in First John chapter 2. He is our attorney, and, and there's no better killer attorney than he himself. But there's some sense in prayer and in faith in which we have to exercise our legal rights. You know, 
a good case that's presented in the court will understand case law. They will look in the history of decisions and understand the precedents and patterns. Case law, you want to be prepared. You don't want to walk into a court situation unprepared. You'll be taken. Uh, and then you want to have the capacity in that courtroom to be able to, to execute well in a court of law concerning legal rights. And, and in prayer, I, I just feel that we do need to be educated. We need to grow. We need to learn. We need to understand what our rights are and how, and how to be transformed in Christ, how to pray effectively. We even, under, we even want to understand case law, my friend. What are testimonies in church history and even in recent history of prayer exploits and the rights of Christ that have been secured in the life of a believer or in a company of believers or in some issue in society whatever the application may be. What is the case law? Well, if we will just take some time to, to go back and look at exploits and prayer and testimonies, and, and uh, we will understand that there is a kingdom case law and that these same rights, God is impartial. These same rights are available to us. And, and what about being prepared? What about heart preparation, consecration, as well as scriptural preparation. And I'm and I would include writing out your prayer claims as an aspect of preparation. And then actually going before the throne of grace, that's the court of heaven, if you will, and being able to execute well on behalf of your rights or the rights of others. See a prayer a prayer claim says this, God, here's what's happening. Now, he knows what's happening, but he wants us to come before him and say what's happening. Something is not right, we say. Something needs to align itself with justice. A prayer, cl- a prayer claim communicates um, the, like the basis on which a favorable decision should be rendered. Father, we want to see Jesus receive the full rights of his inheritance that he won. We want to see the price that he paid on the cross and and through the, you know, the benefits of the resurrection and the ascension, he overcame all. We want to see him receive his full inheritance rights in this situation. Charles Spurgeon Charles Spurgeon said, "Mind how you pray." He said, "Make real business of it. Let it never be a dead formality." Plead the promise in a truthful, business-like way. Ask for what you want because the Lord has promised it. I just, I almost hear like a legal tone there and what he's saying, a business tone. Execute on the business of prayer. Execute on the legality of of, of prayer. Mind how you pray. I'm personally feeling, get organized. Get these cards established. You know, prayer burdens and prayer interests come, and, and then they float away, and then I'm distracted by, by, by something else. But can I become consistent until the breakthrough comes on these edges, and then record the breakthrough? Take on other edges. Take on other mountains, right? Take on other opportunities. I'm telling you, prayer is the most creative, powerful thing that we can do. There's a legal basis for prayer. I mean... Christ has firstborn rights over all of creation, right? And we are joint heirs with him. The Bible says that all things have been created through Christ and all things are for him. Jesus said 
when he was on the earth, that all things have been handed over to the son and all authority has been given to him. And he turns and gives it to us. He gave us his name as power of attorney. The Holy, he said, the Holy spirit will take all, all of what is mine and will disclose it or reveal it to you. We can bring a need or a desire out of the shade into the light of the throne of grace, my friend. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Justice, it's a high value with God. And, and that justice issue that you're bringing to the throne of grace, it could be you or somebody has an issue in their physical body. The Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew through John, they are filled with accounts of Jesus healing people. It's a key part of the kingdom message. It could be a financial need, a material need. Maybe somebody needs to be delivered from the oppression of dark spiritual powers. Maybe some situation, some context needs to be freed from dark oppressive powers. Maybe there's a need for reconciliation. All of these are justice issues. A need for reconciliation between individuals in a family, or maybe within an organization, maybe within a nation. What about these big justice issues of like sex trafficking, or the poor, economic oppression, religious persecution? What about abortion? What are these leading macro justice issues of our day? Are we running to those issues in prayer with others? You see, prayer is about justice. Now, let me just suggest as I close here. Now, let me just quickly suggest as we bring this in for a landing to, I encourage you to write your prayer claims. Don't just speak them orally or, or allow them into your head. There is a dynam a dynamism in writing. I mean, even secular research is now showing that something like writing out your goals fairly dramatically improves the likelihood that you will achieve them. I'll drop a link on the show notes page. You can read about that. Don't just keep your goals or your aspirations, or in this case, your prayer claims in your thoughts. What if we were to write out our prayer claims and our affirmations of faith? Research tells us that writing anchors things. It gives power to our heart desires. I'm suggesting that you use either a journal. In my case, I'm going to use, I, I bought some colored four by six index cards. Okay. I'm going to write out these prayer claims with supporting scripture and affirmations. Draw, a, write out your own affirmation in the first person singular, I, and write out your affirmation in the future tense. Don't write it in the past. Don't write it even in the present. Write it out somehow in the future tense. Maybe we can talk more about this or show examples on the website or, or in further podcasts or videos or something about how to do this. But I want to become organized and absolute in my prayer life. I want to get legally dangerous. You know, when somebody has served a legal notice, I mean, it is, it is an intimidating thing. And, and I, my friend, what if you were to... In, in effect, serve your adversary on some issue that you've been languishing with, or maybe on behalf of another, a legal notice in effect, like a cease and desist statement of declaration that you've already gone into the courts of heaven with in prayer and executed on. 
the word of God, right? That is the legal language, the legal parlance that you want to use. This approach is to target areas of need and even even areas of aspiration. And in effect, these prayer claims, if you consistently bring them before the throne of grace, Jesus said in that parable, Luke 18, 1 to 8, that God the Father will speedily issue justice for those who cry to him night and day. You know, I recently heard a teacher say, you know, if there's some, some, um, some edge or horizon that's very important for you to really make a dent in, you, you really got to move the needle on it. It's time for this mountain to go. This is my language. But take a passage or several passages and really just stay with it. Soak in it. Get really intense about it. Allow that those truths of those words in the scriptures to, to just renew the spirit of your mind and, and to transform your thinking and to really make an adjustment in your heart. And this thing gets so big on the inside of you, the expectation and the faith and the desire and the passion and prayer that it, that it, it supersedes in God. It gets bigger than what's on the outside and just overwhelms it. It just displaces that mountain. It just absolutely causes that storm to, to, to be instantly quelled and calm. You see, I think the Lord, I, I more than think, I know, I believe the Lord responds to our resolve. You may want to use a journal. You could use an app on your phone. I encourage you to write it out again. There's something about the physical act of writing. I'll actually have a couple articles linked just about that issue, the physical act of writing, how it imprints your inner man. And it just, there's something authoritative about it, pen in hand. You know, I'm even, you know, I've been wanting to do this anyway. I, I, I want to get into fountain pens, you know. I know it's sort of an expensive hobby, but there's all kinds of fountain pens. But I'm going to get into some bona fide pens and some quality paper and some great ink from Italy or Germany. And, and I just want to do this personally. But boy, am I going to use it in this area. That's for sure. You could snap, snap pictures of your cards and you could drop them into a file in Evernote or some other app that you use, and then you can access your prayer claims on your phone wherever you're, wherever you're at, traveling, or just you're out at lunch break, or you're standing in line at Aldi's, right? And, and, and you, what, what can I do? Whip your phone out and look at one of your prayer claims. Invest a few moments in prayer at a lunch break. You're waiting for someone, etc. And And prayer, I, I just think we need to remind ourselves that prayer is cumulative. Prayer builds. Prayer is eternal. Every prayer you pray never goes away. It never disappears like after 24 hours before God. It builds and it builds and it reaches critical mass and things happen. I, I, I personally plan to get serious about this. Um, you know, to me, it's even more important than if I was prepping to appear before an earthly court, right? Um, I'm excited to see what may happen with, with a new prayer initiative. This is like a new prayer install into my game, into my scheming uh, against, uh, against the adversary, really, in a, in a, in a quest to, to live out all that Jesus wants. Prayer is limitless. Now, will you join me in this? Um, I hope you will. I hope you'll consider it. Share this podcast with others. To learn more about the podcast itself, go to jesussmart.com. You can see the show notes page for this episode for links and additional resources on this specific theme. Uh, it always helps when you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And by the way, it's now on iHeartRadio and also Spotify. If you have those apps on your phone, just search Jesus Smart Podcast. It should call it right up. You could subscribe to it. You can listen to every single episode right on those apps, iHeartRadio and Spotify. We also have an e-letter that goes out nearly weekly. Um, We like to think of it as um, we're questing, we're all learning, we're all desperate in, in a real sense. Next level ideas, though, and insights to develop as a Christ follower and an apprentice of his kingdom, okay? Hey, Jesus is the ultimate attorney. He is your ultimate advocate. It's legal, my friend. Jesus is brilliant. He knows how this life works best right now. We want to be people of not only principle, but also presence. Let's let's wed principle and presence together. Talk with you soon. Yeah.